All right, what's up? Episode 55, the Dwelly Podcast. This is all about how to crush the crushers. So Crusher and the Tushers coming up in just a couple weeks. So uh, it was suggested by uh, Brother Taylor Cannon to get some advice from some of these OGs who've done Crusher multiple times. So I interviewed Dave Sharp, Scotty Miles, and uh, Spencer Chipping, who each shared some tidbits on tires, gear, nutrition, how the course plays, uh, everything that you'd want to know about maybe prepping for weather. Uh, So hopefully you enjoy some of their tips and tricks. I'll work on getting some more, but this is a good start for anybody who's doing Crusher for the first time and you're worried about some uh, just logistical things. So very thankful to those that participated. Uh, These guys have all been on the podcast before, so thankful for their time. It was fun to interview them. Anyway, a lot of me dwellers doing Crusher, like a ton. I think we've got over 20 different people registered to uh, attend the event, so it should be a blast down there uh, at Crusher. So anyway, enjoy the episode, and uh, I'll see you out there. Bye. All right, welcome to podcast. I'm Stuart, and welcome Brother Dave Sharp. Hey, Dave. Hey, Stu. I mean, besides being a host on this broadcast, you are uh, our registered mentor and wisdom provider. This is your third opportunity to share with the team. Thank you very much. I love it. We just keep going to the well, hoping it'll give us more. <laughs> Until it doesn't. Keep filling us up. <laughs> so uh, Crusher Podcast, we're talking to some of the uh, masters of this thing. If you didn't know, Dave, so five times at Crusher? Registered five, raced at three. Took first place last year. Guy knows what he's doing. Uh, that was awesome. And I even remember some of your pictures last year. You were like snapping some shots, waltz riding. I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't help myself. It was awesome. You were even, I think, snapped a pic on the final climb, right? You were just like that face. I remember brutal well that's good i mean butterflies were going past me so i'm like i gotta snap this i'm going so slow (laughs) certainly i can take a picture (laughs) let's uh dude that's good that's a good place to start how do you approach this day is it like whatever butterflies i mean what do you try how do you what's your mindset i mean i've said this before the mantra i live by is sharp family rule number one is the seven p's Mm mm-hmm Proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance. And so, I mean, I start thinking about this race as soon as I get accepted into the race, just like every other race. Right. So it's, it's all the training. It's, I mean, like this race is different because you got to train on hard gravel roads and you've got to train to friggin' suffer for six to seven hours, five hours. If you're AJ, right. Right. But it's, it's, I would say the hardest suffering I've done in any race. And is that because uh, of the terrain is brutal. Train. The pace okay. is brutal. Um, you got to have all of your gear just dialed in to have a good day. And, and I'll share just a couple of thoughts on how my seven piece failed me. So when you, when you go in, when you show up today, uh, 2022 race, is your mindset like, um, uh, I'm going to win from the minute we start, or is it like law of attrition? I'm just going to survive this thing and hopefully win. Or are you like, Oh, now I'm going to make my move. Like, how do you approach this activity? 
So last year I approached it that I just want to have a fast, decent time without crashing, without any major mechanicals. Got it. Because I knew I was, because the way they had staged it was 50 to 59. I was 58. I knew I was going to be in there with AJ. No way could I hang with him. And then they staged us. So it was 50 to 54, 55 to 59. And I'm like, huh. Maybe I have a chance. I don't know. I mean, it's it's the kind of race that anything goes because right. it's so gnarly. You could crash. You could have a flat at any minute. Just anything could happen. You could bonk. I mean, the first year I did it, it was 105 degrees going up the cold to crusher. <laughs> and and I had to get off and walk like three times because I was oh my, my back was sore. I was so dehydrated. But so you got to prepare for the worst and hope for the best, just like any other race. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's talk then through how do you approach nutrition here? Tips and tricks on just getting through the day for food. Cause Spence has kind of told me, you know, a lot of nutrition out there on the course. So let's hear what you got. I mean, I start out with, uh, I, I took AJ's advice. I've always eaten solids generally on a race that long. Um, but I tried to go largely just gels and blocks with liquid carbohydrate. And I think I had one bar. And so that served me well. So I started with a pocket of stuff. However, the, the support is awesome. Yeah. They, you got to pit your yourself. They don't do hand ups, but, um, you know, you can pull over and fill up your bottles at any time and they have blocks and gels and bars and all kinds of stuff. Um, so it's awesome. So the support's really excellent. So I started out with full pockets, kind of planning that I'm not going to take too much support, but for fluids. Nice. I mean, it's, it's six to seven hours, right? So right. whatever you can have to consume, but the thing that's different too, is the weather conditions yeah. totally different depending upon which year it is because one year it was super rainy and that and i didn't race that year but that was a totally different race than the year my first year which was 105 and that also will totally change the course conditions because it could be wet and muddy and sloppy or it could be just bone dry and dusty and loose and also um you know, it like one year I rode that the washer boards were just brutal and that just takes so much out of your arms. Whereas another year it was pretty smooth. So you kind of don't know. So you just got to go into it thinking, okay, I just got to suck it up and just but, send it. But no hydration packs. Like we don't need that kind of stuff. No, no, no. Okay. No hydration packs. Uh, I, I just took, I just start out with two big bottles knowing that I'm going to fill those bottles. And with regard to bottles, you got to make sure that you have really solid cages or a strap system with elastics to hold your bottles in. Because as you go down the cold to crush, which I want to say is like, I don't know, two, somewhere between two and three miles, like it's brutal washerboard. Yeah. And, or it can be. And there are bottles, there are tool kits, tool packs, there's stuff strewn all over the course. <laughs> and the last thing you want to do is lose a bottle, right? Yeah. Or I guess so, I could just, I could start with no bottles and just pick some up on the way. Just you can do that. Grab some, yeah. <laughs> grab some other guy's stuff. Hey, well, what, what about, um, 
let's talk. Everybody wants to know about tire width and PSI. Yeah. Well, and I think the other question is which, which, which um, you know, I also say it's not the arrow, it's the Indian. So which arrow do you pick mountain bike or gravel bike? Mm. Um, Cause you see guys on mountain bikes and they're, they're going to be hardtails. They're going to be lighter hardtails. Um, I, I raced with a guy last year in my group who's super strong. He chose to ride a hardtail last year and he said it's the worst decision he's ever made. Mm. So I would say hundred percent go gravel. Okay. Um, because there are, there's 11 miles of road leading up to the climb or up to the dirt. So you're going to want a gravel bike just to be fast on that section. And then there's another section that's, I don't know, 12 to 15 miles. Once you get off the cold to crush, you hit road and then you got to ride into Circleville on the highway and you're pace lining with dudes. You do not want a mountain bike for that. Yeah. So hundred percent gravel bike. My first year I rode 30 width tires that were not great. And um, they were tubes worst decision I ever made. That's where my seven piece failed me. Do not ride tubes. You have to go tubeless. Because okay. again, going down the coal, you're just I mean it's washerboard and you're going all out and you're bouncing all over the place. I flatted twice. I broke two tire irons replacing two tubes. It set me back <laughs> an hour. Oh I mean I lost an hour. That was terrible. Yeah. So what I found was uh, what's worked best for me is absolutely go tubeless, but I use specialized pathfinders. Okay. They're awesome gravel tires and okay. I go with the 42 width. Okay. You could go wider if you wanted. I wouldn't go anything narrower than 40. Uh, and I ride 34 to 36 PSI. Um, so you, you don't want them so soft that you're going to bottom out your rims, but you don't want them so hard that you're bouncing all over the place. Cause that's your suspension basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that would really wear on you by the end of the day. Oh yeah. I mean, for sure. The hardest, I think the hardest part of the whole race is the cold crush going down and then coming up. So going down, if it's washerboardy, I mean, it's terrible and you can, you carry a lot of speed just as soon as you hit that thing and then there's a hard left turn my first year there was a dude that took that too fast and he just yard sailed it on that and he was i mean he he was jacked up bad and then last year and then you right before you come off it on the road there's a hard turn to the right and there was this dude flying too fast and he ate it hard there too oh my so my advice is you know don't just ride within yourself as you descend that because the worst thing you could do is crash on that. Cause then it's game yeah. over. Yeah. First thing. So that's first going down and make sure your bottles are tight and, and strapped in if you have to. Okay. Coming up. Um, it's, it's a death March. So coming sure. up, coming up, Dave, just cause I don't know, this is the end, right? The final, yeah. how many miles, 10 miles up? No, no, no. It's not the end. Okay. You've got, once you get on top, then you've probably got another, I don't know. 12 ish. I'd have to look at the course map, but it's, it's at least another 10 to 12 miles of dirt. I want to say okay. maybe it's eight, but it's a long ways from the time you yeah. get to the top. And, and then you're just, you know, you're just pitting it at that point. And then you've got two, I want to say two miles of road, which feels amazing. So you have this descent on this road. And then the last 
then you make the turn to get up to the finish line. It's a mile that's like straight up. It's like the worst mile of your life. I've I mean, seen, like, vi- I've seen videos. I was like almost paper boying the thing at the top. <laughs> it's brutal. So good, dude. Um, any- but my secret, my secret yeah. weapon this year okay. is I bought a suspension stem for my yes. gravel bike. Cool. So it's got like these, you know, hard rubber stoppers in it. It's got like six degrees of sway and you can adjust the stiffness of it. Nice. And I've ridden my bike a few times with it. It it feels like it makes a pretty good difference. And you don't get a bob like if you had a fork. But, I mean, I'm telling you, you know, as you're going down the coal, and if it's washerboard, I mean, your Relief Society arms are flapping like there's no stopping. I mean, it's <laughs> it's crazy how how much your oh arms can flap around. Oh, and I, I have nothing on my arms. <laughs> Uh, any other like pivotal moments of this course where you're like, oh, here's this thing I got to be ready for. Is there anything else where you're like, uh, like, a, not, mean, I'm not top, saying sneaky, but yeah. Yeah, no, the top of the coal, it, it kicks up to like 20%. Okay. And it's really loose and slippery. And I literally get off my bikes and, and walk it like yeah. just to give my back a rest. And at that point, you know, if you're going to lose a minute big deal you know other guys can do it but it's almost like it's so slippery you can't paperboy it you have to Mm. keep spinning a high cadence you know gearing you're going to want some pretty high gearing on your bike if you have the option to swap it out but last year as i came off the top of the coal um you know it was i mean you're like you're seeing stars (laughs) just loper was up there handing out Hot Red Bulls. I took a hot Red Bull and uh, <laughs> it saved me. <laughs> I love that, dude. I well, mean, look, it's, 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 it's just kind of survival. That's what I thought. At that point. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's awesome. Hey, man. Anything else? Any predictions? No, I predict AJ will win it again in his yeah. group. Yeah. There's no stopping that guy. Although Scott Allen and Tyler Lamprick, those those guys, they're, they're three forces to be reckoned with. It, it's a lot of fun. I mean, just, you know, don't go out too hot. Um, cause you got 11 miles of road and, uh, and then it's just anybody's game. Anything could happen and spend some time training in gravel. So you're used to cornering in dirt and breaking on descents and, and knowing how to do that. Cause if you don't, it, you know, could end up in a disastrous mess. Okay. I love it, dude. So, All right. Nice. All it's right, an awesome event. Can't Thanks, wait. Thanks, man. Can't wait. All right, man. Thanks, brother. Thanks, man. Get All right. To you. See you. All right. We got Scotty Miles. This is uh, maybe part two of Crusher Podcast. Grateful you joined me, Scotty. Um, we are going to talk about your experience and advice. This was a shout out from Taylor Cannon. He wanted to know everybody's advice here. So I'm just kind of gathering everybody. Uh, Scotty, how are you? Doing good. Dude, Crusher is your, it's like your home turf. It's like your, do you just love it? It's like your favorite thing of the, of the year and not really. It's definitely a love-hate relationship. <laughs> this is, uh, this is number four. Yeah. Okay. So started in 15 and 16. Mm-hmm. Um, took a well-needed break after that. Then COVID came and then went back last year and then this year. So nice. 
I don't know. It's yeah, it's a tough one. It's it's probably the hardest physically. Physically speaking, it's probably the hardest gravel race I've done, but it uh, it's probably the funnest as well. So it's 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 a challenge. It's it's a good one. Is that because of terrain or is that because you you go harder? You want to like be faster? Yeah, you kind of well, it's just the climbing. Uh, the mm-hmm. other races I've done, there's climbing and you do a fair amount of climbing, but there's not the sustained climbing that that you have on Crusher, specifically the the second climb. It it yeah. kills you. So it it's just a different type of race. And a lot of races, you know, end up with a downhill and, and different things, and this ends with an uphill. And so it's just kind of a different different beast at uh definitely some more strategy associated with this than than a lot of the other gravel races at least i think uh, i know i know and are you willing to uh are you willing to share your secrets your strategies sure yeah i don't <laughs> they're, not, okay, wanna... they're not that good and they're not that pr- proprietary so yeah, well, I, yeah i texted you about a month ago and asked you for your advice and i thought the way that you describe the route was very important do you want to start there how you break the route up into a couple different ideas okay sure we'll start there um so so dante he's got his nine circles of hell on his journey (laughs) to to hell in this case we're kind of let off the hook a little bit and there's only three circles on our on our journey to hell so oh my goodness all good (laughs) And then you know you've arrived when you're on the cold of crush, and then you see the sign that says "Welcome, Welcome to Hell,", to hell. <laughs> and you've made it to the third circle, and you're about to see Satan and Elvis and everyone else who's there to greet you, and you're in your welcome, room. welcome. <laughs> yep. So so, so we'll start with circle one. Okay. Circle one is the first climb. So out of the gate, you're leaving the town of Beaver. You're looking eastward and all you see are these little rolling hills and you're like, how, how does this get up to like 10, 11,000 feet? There's no way. And then you go and you go and you go and these mountains start to get a little higher and you start climbing and you transition. There's kind of the neutral rollout for the first half hour or so or whatever it is. Then you get to the dirt and uh, the climb starts. And the trick on the first circle is you need to decide how you're going to kind of gauge things and, and run things from there. There's kind of some different approaches that, that people take. Um, and you just need to make sure that when you get to the last climb of the day, you've got enough, mm. enough kind of in, in, in the legs to get to the top without, without uh, really breaking down. So, so yeah, it's just a matter of knowing how hard to go on that first climb and people have different strategies. You can kind of, go all out and try and get ahead of people and then see how you feel or kind of gauge your effort and, and, and take it easy. If you, if you had a, if you had a hundred matches to start with, how many do you need for the final, the final climb? About 120. (laughs) You definitely want to save your matches. It doesn't do you tons of good to uh to burn too many on on the first climb i mean it feels good you want to be at the front of the race but but ultimately everything's going to be won and lost generally speaking on that last climb and what comes after it and so okay and so you don't need to worry too much about exactly where you're at there's a huge it's a mass start they let people go every two minutes and so that 
you know, you got hundreds of people all spread out within about 10 minutes worth and, and people kind of jockey for position a little bit on the pavement, but it doesn't give you, do you that much good to, to really get up there too quick, but you know, any, any place you can get ahead without much effort, you're drafting. So I'd move ahead in that group to the extent you can don't cross the double line. You don't want to be one of those mm-hmm. guys, but mm-hmm. if you can move up on the line without uh, crossing the double line, might as well. And then when you hit the gravel, it's just, you got to set your, set your Watts or set your heart rate and, and, and run your race from that point on almost. So that's circle one. Circle then you get one. to the top Okay. and you're, you're heading down and uh, you got the downhill and it's, it's pretty fast and furious. You're going, you know, you're going 30 miles an hour on these skinny tires and it's a, it's a little scary. Um, generally speaking, it's, while it's scary, it's fairly safe. There's not that many turns. It's not, there's a couple of hairpins on cold to crush, you know, cause you, you're going down cold to crush at this point and you'll go back on the, on the way back. Um, and so there's a couple of hairpins you gotta be careful on. You definitely wanna slow down for those. You don't wanna go wash out in the corners, but if it's fast and straight, you just go fast and straight. And, and <laughs> you're kind of looking around you at the time because you know, after the gravel section, you've got the pavement and you want to be with somebody going through the flats, going through Junction and Circleville. And so you kind of want to see what's around you. If you got five minutes ahead of you, then, then you're kind of in trouble unless people are going to come from behind and, and pass you. And then if that's the case, there's some people that pass you, then I'd suggest you stick on their tire and, and try and uh, kind of follow them down. Cause then you'll at least have them going through those flat sections. Cause you know, most of the race, you can just suffer on your own, but you really do want to have at least a little group going through cir- junction and circle, but whether it's okay. you know, three people or 10 people, you want a couple people. Somebody. Okay. Nice. So that's circle two. And then from circle two, you really got to make some decisions. So you've done the first climb and going into junction, there's a feed zone, but at this point, people are just going super fast and you're on the pavement and you're about to kind of go through the highway section and you're with a group, hopefully. And then there's a feed zone right there. And so then you ask yourself, well, I could stop, but but then what, right? Yeah. There's going to be someone behind me and, and maybe, you know, maybe we'll have a doulet group that's, that's all together. And we all agree, let's stop. And then we'll hit the, the flat section and it'll be good. And, and then people can stop and fill up. But generally speaking, people blow by that first feed zone mm. and, and keep on going. Okay. Take turns um, going through the flats. People, you know, will kind of egg people on to, to really pull hard, you know, going through the flats. Hmm. Don't buy into that. Don't <laughs> go You've got an incredibly hard hide, hike or hard uh, climb ahead of you. So uh, if you get on the front, you know, stay there just for a minute or, you know, pull the extent you can, but don't be. Don't be goosing it too much going through the flats. It's just nice. not neat. Okay. And then you'll come around the corner. And before they used to have a feed zone right there at Circleville, but I've been told, and I looked on the website, it looks like they've moved that feed zone from um, this side of Dock Springs Road to the paved side of Dock Springs Road. So right as we get back onto the pavement, I believe that that's where they've moved that feed zone, which is definitely a better spot for the feed zone. It was the same thing um, 
going through Circleville, a lot of people wouldn't stop because you're with a group and they'd keep on going and, and then you'd get to on Doc Springs Road and, and, and people would kind of start to just explode and it was, it was bad news. So, so having a feed zone after that little, little dirt section um, that's kind of deceptively hard, it, that'll, that'll be good. So nice. That is circle two, and then you've got circle three that, like I say, takes you to the top of Cold Crush. You'll see the sign, Welcome to Hell, and you'll be in a bad, bad spot. And there it's just, man, like I say, I've done the race three times and I've cramped every single time on the hill somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Different points in each race, you know, first race, I think it was earlier on. And then the last two races, I kind of cramped up towards, actually, I think I got to the top. And then it flattens out and then there's some rollers after that. And it was right there at the rollers that, mm. you know, you give your legs a little bit of a rest and they think they're done. And then you hit them with a little hill and, <clears throat> oh yeah, I've just locked up and had to get off my bike and walk and mm-hmm. all those people you spent all that effort passing. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go right by you, <laughs> laugh at you a little bit and kind of snicker under their breath. And Thanks and, for the pull, idiot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So stupid. Thanks for pulling us through the flats, idiot. So nice. yeah. So that's the guy I don't want to be at some point. Okay. Maybe this will be the year. Probably not, but I'd like mm. to think this could be potentially the year I don't cramp. So that's, that's the goal. Awesome. That is so good. Um, what do you run? Everybody wants to know tires and tire pressure. What is the? Do you have a system? So the tires last year, um, I had some 40s. This year, I'm going to some 42s. I rode. The IRC um, Boken Double Cross tires, that was a recommendation from fellow team member, uh, Greg Iverson. He rode those, I think, on Belgian Waffle a couple of years ago. And okay. I put those on for Wasatch last year and thought they worked real well. And I think they'll be super good for Crusher as well. They've got a fairly good profile, which is, you know, you don't really need for the up, but on the down, um, it's, you know, gives you a little bit more confidence on the corners and it doesn't, there's not that much, uh, Nice. penalty on the on the flats and the paved section so I, I like those ones a lot but i'd say with at least a 42 definitely okay. not below 40 42 and up okay any nutrition like, things you know, that you, any- and then i guess air pressure oh yeah it takes not to obviously i don't know i'd say 30 35 in the back maybe 32 in the front somewhere in that range for uh for uh for the 42s but anyway Nice. Anything you do different for nutrition or is it just pretty straightforward? Do you like I say the 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 trick is convincing yourself. Yeah. No, it, that's the part I haven't figured out yet. So when people figure it out, let me know. <laughs> You've got two options, right? You can do the two bottles and mm-hmm. then convince yourself you need to stop and fill. Yeah. Um but it's tough with the first feed zone at in in um uh, in junction. If you don't do the, the bottles and you do go with the vest, then it's probably going to be a, quite a bit easier to uh, to get maybe the a whole race a vest with a bottle and then fill up that bottle a couple times, um, either on the pavement after Circleville or uh, yeah once you uh, yeah that in the in the middle there and then on the way going up the coal you can get some more um, nutrition there. I pretty much carry all my nutrition. I've never really never stopped, stopped and got okay. yeah, you don't want to stop for food so anything you can stash in your pockets 
um, is probably the way to go. Anything that'll sit well in your belly. Um, okay. But yeah, the biggest question is just what you do with, with water. I'm half tempted to do two bottles with maybe, uh, yeah. you know, just a, a third bottle in my, uh, maybe a disposable water bottle in my, my, in my Jersey and try and get to that, um, fill up zone after Circleville and not, and then just fill up that one time. So that's an option or a vest. So like I say, that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Cause no hand ups, right? No hand ups. So yeah, okay. you got to uh, stop. Which okay. at that point, once you get to that point, it doesn't matter if you stop for 30 seconds, that's not going to break your day. Yeah. Walking your bike's going to break your day, but stopping <laughs> for water isn't going to make a huge difference. So. I can't wait to be in hell with you. It's oh, going to be, it's going to be great. Like you said, it's a pretty good love hate relationship. I love There's it. Some, dude. some team members that just walked away from that last year with a hate relationship, but mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm still kind of in the love hate. I, I like it. It's a, That's it's so fun. good. All right, dude. Anything else has been wonderful. Jeez, I don't know. After that, I could say once you get to the top, there's a lot. You think you're done. There's still some rollers. Um, at that point, like I say, the whole only goal at that point is to not cramp up. If you cannot cramp yeah. after getting to the coal and doing the rollers, you're home free and you just kind of nurse that till the end and do what you can do. But it's a, it's a fun one. How many miles are left after the at that top part you're talking about, like rollers? Yeah, there's there's a ways. It's left. a ways, right? Yeah. Exact profile, but yeah, you've got a little bit of climbing left, fair amount of flat stuff, and then the um, super crazy steep thing right at the end, right? Yeah, but that at that point you've had some downhill, and I haven't had any issues going up that cramping wise. You're kind of tired, but I haven't had any issues with that. But okay. Yeah, last year I got to. You could see right before the downhill, there's a long flat section, and then there's a little rise at the very end, and I could see the end. <laughs> And I started cramping up again. I was so pissed off I just thinking to myself, I just need to get like a quarter of a mile and it's downhill. And I just couldn't even move my legs, but like I said, that's not going to happen this year. No way. No way. Top step. All right, Scotty. Appreciate you, man. Fun, though. There's tons of guys signed up. Gonna I be know blast, so I, it's going to be I'm good. For it. The real question is you going to wear yellow. You can wear red. <laughs> no. What are you going to wear? No. <laughs> I don't know. Weather's always a wild card. You know, if it's going to be hundred degrees or snowing on you. So yeah, I'll probably wear white and just break out the bleach afterwards. Me too. All right. Tell us about prep. All right. So as we've done the last couple of years, getting ready for crusher once this originated when we didn't do crusher as a result of COVID, we went out and did a crusher replacement ride. And then last year, we continued the tradition with uh, the Reckoning Part 2, getting ready for pressure. <laughs> and we are having the Reckoning Part 3, okay. July 2nd. Uh, we'll come, come up, do a ride, um, something pretty good to get ready for Crusher, something that has two pretty good climbs in it to kind of try and simulate what we have uh, ahead of us the next week. It's kind of hard because we can't, I can't really do it before that just because of other commitments. And it's only about a week before the race. So people will have to just decide how much and how hard they want to go, but we'll, we'll do a good ride July 2nd. More I'm putting it in my, I'm putting it in my calendar right now. Yeah. You got to be there. There'll be some support and okay. it'll be fun and it'll be hot. The reckoning part three. Okay, man. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. Welcome, Spencer Chiffy, to the podcast. Hey, welcome. Remind us how many times you've done Crusher. 
three plus the virtual that was oh, um oh, yeah. the one where you did man i think that was the hardest one you had to figure out a place to go climb ten thousand feet and like 70 miles and yeah. anyways i did the pc loop but did all the mountains with it on my gravel bike i mean you've done a lot of events in your life where do you rank this on the level of like physical exertion technical ability got to be prepared like how hard is this thing for you uh, honestly i bet every gravel racer would suggest that the um that this is um that the crusher is like perfect it's the perfect distance it's the perfect amount of gravel and it's not like overdoing it on like hey we have set out as an organization to be something that like you can't accomplish it's yes. perfect okay that's great yeah. and um you've got some interesting experience that others don't have which is where you find great joy in not staying in beaver tell us about that <laughs> not staying in beaver um you can sleep at the very top mm -hmm. which is where the finish line is eagle eagle point uh, mountain is also a ski resort and you can get these, you can either VRBO up there or you can get these cool little, just like tiny little cabins. And the only drawback from that is you have to drive down to the start line in the morning. Um, mm. And that takes, and just as a side note, something that Midwelly does not do is ride that canyon. The Beaver Canyon is equivalent to riding up Little Cottonwood. That's how gorgeous this place is. It is the tushers yes yeah um is this a race that you would just say you got everybody's got to do it you love yeah. it that much yeah yeah you got to do it if you're enjoying you know we've had a big uptick in gravel riders on our team in the last <laughs> year and and it's just one you gotta you gotta do so, so what fun. makes a what makes a great day at crusher Man, I would say feeling good. Everybody feels, everyone talks about the coal to crush. Um, it's the toughest climb of the day. 100% uh, gravel. The gravel is a little gnarly, um, depending on the weather. You know, if it's been hot and dry, it's very loose and it's just a bear of a climb. But um, that's where most would, you know, complain of either cramping or just dehydration or because it's also hits at a at the hotter point mm. of the day it's toward the end yeah yeah and are you constantly thinking to yourself oh man it's coming like i, I can't do that i gotta wait i mean is it like is it that bad no i don't want to say no. that bad no i mean mm -hmm. you're just like it's just another climb here it comes it's just another climb it's one of those that everyone says try not to just focus on someone next to you or or do if you ride that way, but you kind of, everyone knows their zone and you just kind of have to focus on yourself and you're just, <laughs> I personally, my head kind of just goes down and I go into the zone and it's like, I know I can do this, but at my own pace, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, you, I've mentioned, you've told me a couple of times now about nutrition on the course um, because I was like, should we carry a pack or whatever? And you're like, absolutely not. Go ahead. Will you tell everybody? Yeah. Yeah, how for that sure. Works. Crusher is known for being one of the most well-supported events that I've raced in road, mountain, or gravel. 
And there is such good support that um, you do not need any kind of a backpack for carrying nutrition or hydration. Um, it's just over seven miles per feed zone, roughly. Like it, it's wow. like constant. Yeah. yeah. So good. But no hand ups, right? I think, sure. Yeah. We just got to yeah. stop. Yeah. You, you pull up because you will not have your support on the road. They're going to see you at the start. They're going to see you at the end. Um, you roll up to a table and, and you can either get off your bike and fill your bottles, or they are the type that will come up, pull your bottles out of your bike, fill them for mm -hmm. you, stuff your pockets. They'll do it. They do it all. When you wake up in yeah. the morning, what are you packing for clothing? Yeah. So know that in the morning you'll feel like it's just a nice summer 7 a.m. Yeah. day. But as you look up top of, you can already see the clouds like brewing and it just doesn't matter what year it is on crusher or at, they say during a certain time of the day at that elevation, it will rain. And um, I've not just had um, rain, but I've had, um, man, hard hail. hail. And, 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 it, and it lasts and it generally happens to come during cold to crush while you're climbing that last section. And so, mm. you know, <laughs> adds a little mm. injury to insult. So yeah. do you care? I think I've seen you carry the crystal jacket. I, yeah. I have, but I, I wouldn't like highly recommend that jacket, but I carried it because we knew we would be in rain that day. But um, even a full long sleeve jacket could be overdoing it. But hmm. you, go, you guys know I kind of over plan a little bit. And so I would at least have a vest for when it starts to rain on you, but many don't. I just a little overprepared on the warm side for myself. Yeah. Yeah. It will Every, rain. Everybody wants to know about gear, yep. uh, specifically tires, tire pressure. Uh-huh. It's a, it's been a big, uh, always a hot topic on any gravel event based on the type of gravel. And then typically these events have a little bit of road mixed into them. Well, um, the standard that you will see is, will be a 38 uh, or above um, tire width. And even today you're seeing from 40 to 42s, they're just getting bigger and meaner so that you can descend in the gnarly um yeah. crud but um so to everyone their choice i just wouldn't go any smaller than a 38 or even a 40 i'd say 38 would be fine but um so then on that point here just to, to keep an eye out you you descend the coal to crush for anyone that has not ridden it and you're looking at the map you descend coal to crush and you get onto the highway and you've got a this is a very key time where you get into a draft group and you're riding on the highway and you have like 30 minutes of highway where you can finally eat, you can finally drink and you can draft. And if you find yourself solo going down um, cold to crush and getting on the highway, ooh, it's a, that's, that's not good. You, you need to be in a group because you can really make up some good time drafting. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And, and um, talk about going down cold to crush. There is an important safety tip you provided. Um, Bottles. Going down cold to crush. And even after the first climb, keep, keep in mind, 
everyone that as soon as because the first climb of the morning is on the road and then it moves over to the gravel and you've you've at that point passed the cutoff time once you pass that cutoff time you begin the descend even before coal to crush and bottles are flying everywhere i mean there's crashes due to bottles and then there's you just go down to reach your bottle and it's gone because it flew out um i lost one bottle and just picked up someone else's that was full because you have to have the nutrition so do your best to um <laughs> that was during covid mind you the tail end of it um, that oh sounds God. terrible but um <laughs> Try to get cages that hold your bottles in. Like you got to test that. Yeah. You don't want your bottles flying out. Okay, yeah. good. Any key points of this day where you're like, you got to know this is happening. You got besides that, I guess that final client, anything else that like your experience has shown, this is where important things are going to, I mean. Yeah. The yeah. race director always says um, to everybody that is, you've got these strong roadies coming in and they take their there um i'll use this as an example the race plate that you put on the front of your bike mm -hmm. and they're trying to make it so it's more aero like putting it on the back of their saddle or their seat post so that it's not slowing them down the mm -hmm. race director makes a lot of fun of those roadies and says on the microphone real loud and makes you feel dumb um that this race has never been won by someone that descends fast or is more arrow. This race is won by those that can climb hard in the gravel and descend fast on the right. gravel. So um, that's just to kind of gauge where you are in your from from climbing, and then just know that weather is a big denominator. Whether um, it's going to be super dry and loose or a little more tacky, um, and then the last thing I'll add is. Just for fun, because I think our group of riders rides their tires a little high, go to the NV station at um, registration when you've got some time, and they'll take your bike, they weigh it, they look at your tire size, and they take your weight and your height, mm -hmm. and then they tell you what your front and tire back or your pressure uh, PSI should be going into the crusher based that on the terrain cool. nice. and, and it will surprise you. You'll be like, you're yeah. telling me I got to yeah. let this down Era. to 21. Yeah. Right. And you're like, I've been running at 35 or something. They're like, well, yeah. you can do that, but you will be in a lot of pain, pain, um, hour five, six, when you've Your just butt. been, yeah. Just fried. You got to trust, trust the tire uh gripping going up with a little less and descending like huge difference that's all that's great advice okay well we're a couple weeks away yeah. uh very good any any concluding remarks nope good luck to everyone it's gonna be fun yeah a lot of dwellers showing up so oh, uh so good should be good all right chip thanks man guys <laughs>